Welcome to Lecture 2A of IT Service Quality Management. This is Brenton Birchmore, and we are about to explore some of the key concepts of ITIL, beginning with the importance of value. Now, for any organization or people coming from a logical, technological perspective, the idea of trying to lock down and understand something as vague and uncertain as value can be quite difficult. Now, ITIL offers a pretty simplistic definition of value. It describes it as the perceived benefits, usefulness, and importance of something. Well, that's accurate, but it's perhaps vague, broad, and really not enough. But the first thing that ITIL acknowledges is that any definition of value is going to be subjective. It's going to be based on perspectives. It is hard to account for and it is hard to quantify. It is especially difficult for two organizations or two parties on opposite sides of a perspective to come to an agreed understanding of what value is. Now, this subjectivity is at the heart of many of the struggles that IT services and IT service providers have had over the years and even today. If we think about all those times when someone who was selling an IT service sold an expectation that the IT service couldn't deliver or didn't know that it had to deliver? Or when the customer misunderstood what was to be delivered or what was expected, perhaps got confused between the options available and the options that were chosen, or the customer made assumptions or the supplier made assumptions, or the customer didn't understand how, how it quite worked, how it could have worked, or how to integrate it and leverage it with what they were doing? IT service delivery is full of these kinds of challenges. But what ITIL is saying to us is that we shouldn't just accept these as the normal function of doing business with IT services. These are problems worth solving. Because the result of these issues is disappointment, wastage, sometimes expensive decisions, or even cancellation of services. And what ITIL acknowledges now is that as a service provider, this kind of uncertainty is not just our problem, it's actually our fault. And this could be a, a challenging concept to accept because the first thought that a lot of IT service providers will have is that the customer has an obligation to be deeply involved in the co-creation of the value that they're going to get. They have an obligation to understand their end of the puzzle and how they're going to use the technology or the service that we as the provider are going to provide them. Well, yes, they do have that obligation. Some of them will, some of them won't, some of them can't. And if they don't, we can't just walk away and say, well, it's all their fault and it's all their problem. Because in most cases, we are the ones that are going to miss out on the revenue. So if the customer messes up the value or the benefits realization from the IT services that they want from us, their lives will go on, usually because their revenues will continue to come in from other directions, in other ways, from other IT services or other solutions that will allow them to continue to function in their business. But for us as an IT service provider, we might lose revenue directly from this failure, from their failure, which is what makes it our failure. This then starts to point to the snake oil problem that arises with the value of IT services. 
Because under ITIL and under this key concept, no IT service provider should sell or deliver an IT service that isn't valued by the customer. Not just valuable to the customer or valuable to someone, but valued knowingly by that customer who is consuming it, using it, and paying for it. Essentially, the acknowledgement about the industry of IT service providing today is that those days where we could tolerate that, they're done. There is today too much competition. There are too many alternatives in IT service provision and consumption. It is too easy for customers, for most customers, to change the way in which they get that benefit or that value, all at the detriment of a particular service provider. But with the definition of value being so vague, how do we ensure that we understand the value that our service is providing and that the customer understands the value that they get from that? The answer is to go right down to the very end of the benefits realization train. We go all the way down to the intangibles. We keep asking the question, and what does that let you do? And what does that allow? And what does that provide? Each answer will lead to something else that comes out of that. So when we look at an IT product, a thing, a piece of technology, that product will lead to the ability for us to provide a service. That service will create an output of some kind. That output will yield an outcome, which is from the perspective of the customer. That outcome will contribute to or be part of a solution that solves their problems, which will lead to a situation in that customer's organization. And that situation, including all of the peripheral elements that are part of it, that are not directly part of the service provider, but occur because of the service that is provided, they all yield benefits. And those benefits have some kind of value to the organization. Now, it's a long way to go, but that's how far we need to go. We need to ask and encourage or occasionally force the customer to answer or at least think about each of those questions in line. Because if we assume, if we make assumptions and if we rely upon assumptions in the delivery of our IT services, then we don't have enough control or really any control over the decision-making process that the customer will ultimately use to decide whether or not they want to continue with that service or other services that we might be providing them. But this question about value is also not a static answer. It changes. Situations will change. The forces that apply to certain situations and the way in which value is received from an IT service, they will change. People will change. People will learn. Opportunities will arise. Problems will arise. New threats will arise that will need to be countered. The question of what value is a service providing and what value could it provide and what value could other services provide that maybe aren't being provided yet, this is an ongoing question. And the idea of co-creation is ensuring that the customer engages with this process of benefits realization, with the questions that help understand what benefits realization really looks like, and that we as a provider know what that looks like for that customer, and that they know what it looks like, and that they know how our role in delivering IT services contributes to the benefits realization that they want 
and that they value. And it's described as co-creation because it's not possible to create this mutual understanding without both parties having an aligned understanding of all of the forces at work and what the results of those are. This usually means getting the users of IT services directly involved in these discussions. And this is a mistake that certainly IT service providers might often make, but even customers might often make about their own users. Well, for us as an IT service provider to understand value, we can't let them make that mistake. Yes, the business leadership might sign the contract. And yes, they have to be satisfied. But it's the users, their users, that will turn that service into value and benefits. And of course, what if they don't? Well, we've seen many a situation where IT services have been signed and delivered and have been followed by tons of headaches from users. Users that didn't understand weren't prepared, weren't listened to, weren't even asked, where the value to them was assumed. And now, after it's been signed and delivered, the headaches come of how do we make them more valuable to them? That's Dealing with it now is better than not dealing with it at all, but obviously better to deal with it in the earlier stages of understanding what value will come from it. So clearly... There is a knowledge gap. There has always been a knowledge gap between IT service providers, IT service customers, and the users. A difference and a gap between knowing how the technology works and what it can do, and knowing the application of that in the industry and in the organization. So the first question is, do we need the customer to deeply know about the technology? Do we require them to learn all about how the technology of the service provision works. Well, no, we don't, because if they did, then maybe they wouldn't need us. Or do we suffer the risk of leaving that gap in place, of not knowing how their business or industry works, and allowing them to not know how the technology works, and not knowing how they're going to leverage the technology? Or do we make the effort to understand their business model, to understand their industry, to understand their use case and their application of the IT services that we are delivering. This is the fundamental role of business relationship management, which we'll cover a little more later. Now, historically, there has been a challenge in getting those who deliver IT services to take responsibility for this end of the equation. It's something that's been allowed to remain separate for a long time in IT service providers. It can't really happen anymore, and it can't happen under the ITIL framework. Commercially, the reasoning is that if we let it happen, if we don't have that co-creation of value and that interaction, someone else will. Some other provider, some other department, some other stakeholder, and eventually, more and more, everybody will it is becoming the normal practice of how we engage with users and customers on the assessment and understanding of value of IT services. So it's our responsibility as an IT service provider to ensure that the value obtained from our IT services is clear, is understood, is shared, recorded and agreed, and constantly evolved. And it's our responsibility because it's our livelihoods that are affected by whether or not that works successfully. But the harsh reality now is that if 
the customer doesn't get it, then we won't likely get their business, or not much of it, or not for much longer. Now, when we're looking at determining the value position, value can occur in roughly three different levels from an IT service. You can have this top layer of activity, the surface value. This is the value that occurs on top. It's usually closely related to the service that's being provided. It's capability that is directly supported and provided by the delivery of an IT service. It's something that allows the company to do something because of that service. Then you have structural value. Structural value is value that is provided to the organization that allows other things to happen, which then separately have more value on top of it. So structural value would be things like infrastructure, systems. Surface value would be things like an application or a particular tool or system. The third level is foundational value. This is a value that underpins large sections of business capability. This is where you look at core hardware, core infrastructure, core service agreements. And the reason we look at these three different levels of value is because when we're talking about an IT service that exists at deeper levels, we need to make sure that we and the customer understand the additional value that is dependent upon this underpinning IT service. In this way, we can ensure that the discussions around value as they evolve and as they take shape are comprehensive and are not missing out or overlooking things that are quite relevant and quite important and need to be taken into account when value judgments are made about the service. We need to know where each IT service fits in the value hierarchy of the organization's capability. We make sure that the customer knows it. And then we keep that up to date. And along the way, look for opportunities to do more. This is the end of Lecture 2A. Welcome to Lecture 2B of IT Service Quality Management. My name is Brenton Birchmore. We're going to talk about how IT Service Management and ITIL look at various stakeholders and their relationships as part of their key concepts. Now, we've already talked a lot about value, and one of the most important elements in order to understand value of IT services is to understand the different perspectives that come from defining and understanding the various stakeholders that are involved and interacting with IT services. This helps us understand the kinds of relationships we might need between the service provider and each stakeholder group or category, but also the kind of relationships that these stakeholders might need between each other. Because even in those separate relationships, even when we are not a party to it, what happens between those or what doesn't happen can just as easily affect what happens to us. Now, the most obvious stakeholders are usually the organisations or the collective groups. And these are usually businesses or business departments. And they assess the value of the IT services that are provided on a collective basis. So an organization or a department will be looking at the value of particular IT services as they affect or benefit the entire department or the entire organization. 
Now here, the understanding of capability is a key element of determining the value. It's the question of what capability is granted to that department or organization as a result of delivering that IT service to them. What can they collectively accomplish? And this could include services or benefits or products that that organization produces, which may then be on-sold to other customers of theirs. Now, usually at the relationships between organizations, this is often the only place and the only stakeholder that is likely to be thorough. Organizations are likely to explore all of the elements, the value, the benefits, the costs, and the risks, both from a short-term and long-term perspective. They will be assessing them from a strategic point of view, or they should be. Relationships between organizations are often more official. They're defined and recorded. They're contracted, which brings a legal element of accountability to them. Now, service relationships are often defined at that level. But the problems can arise is if we only go that far, if we stop at that point and don't define it beyond what it means to the organization, then we're not going to have a complete enough picture to be able to solve all of the concerns that might arise later. So these service relationships between organization, these relationship agreements, set out the obligations both ways. And these need to include strategic success markers, the aspects of these relationships that are relevant to long-term success, not just short-term. So it's not just defining the value here and now. It's defining how that value will evolve and how to protect the ongoing evolution of that value in positive ways, which includes the resolution of issues or negatives, problems or threats to that value as they might arise. Now, although typically a service is provided by an organization and consumed by another organization, which can also be a department, and is referred to as a customer, the problem is that all of the activities, the practical work, the things that happen day to day to realize the value to the organization, they all happen deeper down. They all happen within the components or the parts of the organization. This typically happens at the user's level of stakeholder. And this is where the potential of any IT service or the potential capability is converted into actual benefits and actual outcomes. And this is the case even if we're talking about an internal IT department. That internal IT department is providing IT services to customers. And those customers are other departments. Those customers are other users. And yes, the IT department services them and serves them. So the paradigm here is that the IT services are there as enablers. They enable the users to leverage the potential of the IT service and turn that into some other capability or outcome that has some other intrinsic value. Now, one problem is that the gap between an organizational level of relationship and the users beneath that that make it all work can sometimes make it seem like 
the users aren't really the customers because they're not the ones that sign the checks. And they sometimes get a lesser treatment or lesser respect. But IT service providers under ITIL need to remember that the users deliver to the customer that the customer is paying for. They provide the conversion process. They are part of the customer and arguably the most important part, at least from an IT service delivery perspective. Now, the role of the sponsor can potentially play a part here in bridging the gap between the organization level and the user level. The sponsor is meant to be authorizing the payment for the services. So they're meant to be in a position to provide certainty and to resolve any uncertainties about whether or not the users are able to successfully convert potential into outcomes. But quite often, the sponsor just ends up as a financial rubber stamper, processing bills and processing payments or authorizing payments without usually having the time or the interest to dig deep and find out if this is all still working successfully, at least not until a great deal of noise and complaints are made about how it's not working. So let's clarify the definitions of these stakeholder groups from ITIL. The customer is the one who defines the requirements of the service. So they're the ones that are meant to know exactly how it's going to work. And that understanding usually cannot occur successfully without deep interaction between the provider and the users. But the customer is the portion of the entity that owns the outcomes. The users are the people, the individuals who work with this on a daily basis. They do the actual conversion into outcomes. But it's the sponsor who pays the bills. So now we have a potential gap between the practical ownership of what goes on on a day-to-day -day basis and whether or not that's working and the financial ownership, which speaks to the legal contractual relationship between the organizations. And sometimes these levels and these groups don't always communicate well together. Sometimes it is the IT service provider that needs to make sure that they do or to facilitate that they do. IT service provider becomes the glue that hopefully identifies that there is potential miscommunications or lack of communications and triggers, prompts, or facilitates those communications. Well, the relationships between these different stakeholders are all a little bit different, but all of these stakeholders influence the measurement of satisfaction and the measurement of value that's obtained by the service. So communications failures between these portions of the customer organization can affect their enjoyment of the value or their perception of the enjoyment of value and therefore their perception of us and our value to them. Beyond these consumer-oriented stakeholders, there are other less common stakeholders which are still involved but might be less directly connected to the service, the service provision or the service consumption. These might include perhaps some significant individuals, perhaps subject matter experts that are involved, either directly internal to the customer organization or external as consultants or designers or people with influence or providing advice. It could include functions and roles like business analysts 
or other experts that advise the organisation. It might even include competing service providers whose role is to provide an alternative or a secondary voice or secondary opinion. But they might actually be co-providers. There might be other IT service providers that need to be coordinated with. These may be competitors directly or maybe not. And these alternative service providers could be internal to the customer organization. You might have an external provider of a service working with an internal provider that's doing something else that's necessary for that service to deliver value. But there might even be a directly competitive relationship between two service providers. Some customer organizations may even have a two-supplier policy where they deliberately will procure the same kinds of IT services from two different providers for reasons for risk mitigation and also for competitive advantage. An IT service provider in that situation doesn't necessarily need to undermine their competitor in that situation. A company with a policy of two suppliers will always need to. And the emphasis of any one service provider should be on maximizing the value that they deliver and not on undermining the value that some other competitor might be providing. The goal there is not to try and become the only provider because that may be impossible from a policy point of view. The goal is to make sure that you are always one of the two or however many that there needs to be. Governance issues can also play a role in the relationships and the way they are defined. Governance is about ensuring certain outcomes. Governance is generally related to strategy and long-term outcomes. And governance activities are about making sure that the long-term strategy is ultimately served by the short-term, practical, tactical decision-making. So governance is about bringing certainty to the highest level of decision-making in the organization. It can include compliance with policies or with legal requirements. And as an IT service provider, there may be a need to work within the constraints of governance policies and governance outcomes and needing to know what those requirements are and importantly, what the long-term strategy is so we can work towards it rather than it working on us. Governance can also include special interest groups, internal or external, political or even contractual stakeholders. Groups or entities or stakeholders that the customer may need to respond to, may be required to respond to, that we as a provider to that customer need to understand and work within. Shareholders, owners, equity holders of an organization might fit into that category, as might elements of the public or the community, or maybe even our customers' customers, those who they on-sell their value and services and provisions too. They might end up being a stakeholder in the way in which we deliver our IT services. The bottom line for the IT service provider is that we need to be clear on whom all of the stakeholders are. All of the ones that need to be interacted with, be respected, be communicated with and attended to in relation to their role and their input on the value assessment and the conversion of the potential of the service into an actual benefit.
And when there are issues, when there are threats and challenges to the harmony of that, we might need to be the ones taking the lead to solve it because we are typically the ones who suffer otherwise. This is the end of Lecture 2B. Hello and welcome to Lecture 2C of IT Service Quality Management. This is Brenton Birchmore. This discussion is going to be about how we need to think of combining all of these key concepts of ITIL and IT service management into an idea of IT solution delivery. Now, often when we think about IT services, we're rarely doing so separately. IT services don't typically work in isolation from each other. They are most often interdependent. There's usually some sort of connectivity perhaps from a technical perspective or perhaps from a usage or functionality or capability perspective. How they are used is often in concert with each other. But to the IT service provider, it may be a standalone service. From the provider's perspective, that individual service may have its own value, may have costs, may have risks, but to the customer, it's usually part of something much bigger and much more significant. Now, we've spoken already about value and the perspectives of value being different from both the provider and the customer. One of the reasons for this difference is that from the customer's point of view, the purpose, the need for the IT service, the problem that they need to solve with that service is a business problem, not always a technical problem. And if it is a technical problem, it's usually a problem that needs to be solved in order to then solve a business problem. So the driving force behind the adoption of any IT service is usually something much more complex than merely the application of technology or the application of a particular IT service. But that IT service that's provided is a part or a piece, a component of solving that bigger, more complex issue. This is the idea of the IT solution, where all of the IT services that are part of it all form a woven fabric of interconnected outcomes that together can be described and defined as the IT solution. It's a solution to perhaps a problem or a threat or an opportunity or a solution to how to implement a strategy. But often, at least initially, this is really only visible or most clearly defined from the customer's perspective because it's the customer that owns those definitions. They own the definition of what is this business problem that we're trying to solve and how do we translate that into a series of IT services that will meet or solve that business problem. But this perspective this equation underpins everything that is important to the customer, everything that is valuable to the customer about the IT services that they get, and therefore everything that's valuable about the IT service provider that's delivering them. This is also where cost and risk play a bigger role in the value equation because they help define the parameters of the value of the solution itself. It's usually easier for the customer 
to define the value of the solution in its entirety than to precisely allocate the value of each individual IT service that might form part of that solution. We could perhaps think of this, the value of this IT solution is being related to the business strategy that it services. It's the strategy that has value to the customer. And it's the IT solution that enables that strategy. So the IT solution inherits its value from the strategy that it services. And the individual IT services within them inherit their value from the IT solution that they're part of. So we can't effectively understand the value of any particular service without understanding the big picture. And if the IT service provider doesn't know this value or know what the big picture is, it's harder for them to know the consequences of any minor changes in the delivery of any particular discrete IT services. Those changes might look innocuous or insignificant from the IT service provider's perspective. But they could potentially suddenly make the entire solution less capable and therefore undermine the entire strategy that the customer is dependent upon. This is where small, unknowing changes to small, independent IT services can ultimately do so much potential damage to the relationship between the customer and the IT service provider because that small change has a leveraging effect all the way up to making their entire business strategy less valuable or less viable. This goes back to the capability discussion that we've had previously. IT services, each IT service, is meant to lead towards, to contribute towards business capability. But the business capability is intended to lead towards the creating of a solution to deliver on a business strategy. That capability doesn't typically come from individual IT services. It comes from the harmony of many IT services, not just existing, but working harmoniously together, working knowingly together, being delivered in a way that leverages each other and works with the non-IT service components of capability that the customer themselves have or bring to the table the non-technical bits that the customer performs when done in concert with these IT services that ultimately lets them do their business and be good at what they're meant to be offering to their customers or their beneficiaries. And whilst this concept of the role and importance of the IT solution is not yet really a key element of ITIL, it is a key element of IT service management in the industry and marketplace today. Everything that IT services provide is typically a piece in a larger puzzle. And this is becoming more and more so through the industry with all IT services. This trend, this pressure on the IT service providers means that there's even more reason for them to know the business model, the business case for each individual or group of IT services that they provide. The use case, not only on an individual microscopic level, but on the macro scale that understands how their customers intend to use this in order to create solutions and do their job or deliver what they find valuable. 
This solution design and solution value assessment is also where business analysis operates, where BAs are typically involved in trying to understand what kind of technology, what kind of IT services, what kind of IT solution is required to meet the business strategy that's defined by the organization. This leads us to discussing the equation that's presented in the ITIL references for understanding value or understanding outcomes, which is the balancing forces of costs that are added versus costs that are removed, risks that are introduced versus risks that are removed, outcomes that are affected versus new outcomes that are supported. Often IT service providers will need to not only work with the customer, but work with the business analysis process, whether it's internal or external, to know exactly where all of these things fit in the larger scheme of things. So business analysis looks for the capability that's needed to support the business strategy, whilst the IT service provider's contribution is in providing the IT solution that fits into that capability. The innovation and expansion of IT services also lives in this environment. It's the brainstorming of thinking, well, what else can we do to contribute to this strategy, to contribute to this capability, to contribute to this solution? It's the opportunity for the IT service provider with their deeper technical knowledge to know what else the technology can do, either now or in the future, to do even more for this customer, to deliver even more value that they're even more likely to pay for. This is the process of examining the strategy and the capability that's being sought by the customer or the challenge that they face and then developing new IT services or variations and improvements on existing IT services that deliver that solution better or deliver more value with that solution or that perhaps solve new problems or offer new capability that's not yet even foreseen by the customer. Generally, None of this could happen, or at least not easily, if the IT service provider is not focused on value or not focused on capability or not focused on delivering comprehensive solutions. However, this is now something of a baseline approach for many IT service providers, especially the larger providers that have a multitude of services that they offer. And because of this, because of this trend and pressure, those IT service providers that don't really embrace this larger scheme thinking risk failing or missing out to the ones that do. IT service provision has gone from the old-fashioned we're just here to keep the lights on to the intermediary function of, well, we can help you do more and better to now being, well, we can help you innovate what you do to leverage IT better so that you can do your core business better or that you can do new core business that's in your industry and we can show you how. It's the IT solution that becomes the ultimate business enabler in every sense. It makes the modern IT service provider more of a business success partner, not merely a supplier or a call center. And this isn't the future of IT service management. This is already here and now. This is the end of Lecture 2C.